All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian Bratis, along with Angel Munoz, filling in for Steve Kaplowitz. He's back tomorrow. We're here with you for one more day. We've got a busy show for you on this Wednesday edition of Sports Talk today. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009 as we get started here on the show. Uh, a busy show for everybody today. We're going to have Jacob Martinez uh, coming from UTEP. He'll join us in our next segment. Talk a little bit about the UTEP uh, football summer camps that are going to be happening for high school athletes so any parent out there who has a, a child who's in the high school football ranks or you might know somebody in the high school football ranks you won't want to miss this conversation UTEP football high school uh uh, football camp, which is coming up on uh, on Saturday, June 27th. It starts at 5 o'clock. It goes through 8 o'clock at night, and uh, this is a great opportunity for some youngsters. And my apologies, is actually Monday, uh, June 27th, and that will be happening uh, for the UTEP football camp. We got a lot of other things to talk about today. Uh, we'll be joined by Jason Williams, one of our favorites, who will join us at 5.30. He'll be talking about a really, really cool thing, uh, which is coming up this Father's Day weekend it's it's giving fathers a chance to play some hoops with their sons on father's day for an exclusive basketball camp so you won't want to miss that conversation jason williams coming up at 5 30 then we'll have tracy taylor talking about the bragan slugger award that uh, was uh, released today it was ivan melendez who will have a chance to do uh to uh to take that role and uh, run with it. So this is awesome news for Ivan Melendez. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Tracy Taylor will be talking a little bit about this award with us at 545. Angel Munoz back with us in our Lubin Go studios. Really appreciate all your time, Angel. Hey, I have a request for you. We've got uh, one of our members who is coming in next. It's Jacob Martinez. He's around the building. We've had a, we have a semi who crashed right mm, in front, and yep. you were the one who let me know about this one, Angel. Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a semi. And it's I I was coming over uh, just around uh, to 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 get into the building, and there was a semi just kind of right right directly in our entrance. So yeah. like, I kind of had to wiggle my way up to the front, and then actually like I was gauging my my space. I was like, you know what? I think I can get in if I uh, if I back up, and so I, I backed up into the building, and so I was just kind of driving backwards and it was, it was kind of crazy <laughs> well i'm impressed with that man uh and hey angel i'll ask you this could you go look for jacob he's around the building somewhere um yeah you you won't miss him he's he's definitely around he's probably in the back but uh maybe check the front as well and, and throw him in the lobby we'll get him in our next segment i appreciate that angel uh as we continue here on sports talk today david moore will join us he's one of the newest inductees for the el paso athletic hall of fame he's uh he's actually getting uh inducted in in the coach and administrator category joins us, and he will he will spend some time with us starting at six o'clock, uh, and uh, he'll join us here on our phone lines. Then Tim Haggerty will close things out with us six fifteen for Hags, and uh, he'll get a chance to uh, talk with us and preview the upcoming game for the El Paso Chihuahuas as they take on the Las Vegas Aviators. Last night I got a chance to head out to the ballpark for the first time. I got a chance to join it with uh, David from Nine One Five Tours and Classic Elegance Coaches. They always provide some great Cowboys packages year after year and we talk about them on this show and on uh, our sister station 95.5 KLAQ all the time um, David uh, and I got a chance to go out with his family and with uh, with the team out there from 915 Tours to uh, the Chihuahuas game uh, a, a really really fun game I mean they had you know when you watch the El Paso Chihuahuas you just realize how many great prospects they have whether it's uh, Eggy Rosario whether it's guys like uh, you know um, 
guys like C.J. Abrams, who is really impressive. And it's just fun to watch that Chihuahuas team right now. They're playing pretty uh, well in this series so far, uh, and they came off that big victory yesterday against the Las Vegas Aviators. I thought the atmosphere was great for uh, Taco Twos and Brews out there at, at the Southwest University Park, and it leads up to uh, another great weekend at uh, Southwest University Park, which includes a giveaway on Friday for first 1,500 fans who get uh, a, a T-shirt. Tomorrow's Thrifty Thursday. You all know the the specials that go on there, which is awesome. Teacher Appreciation Night, uh, Saturday fireworks. We all know that's going on, and then Sunday Father's Day at the ballpark for the El Paso Chihuahuas. So uh, I was so happy that, to get a chance to go out there for the first time this year. And uh, yeah, my review is uh, two thumbs up for sure. I mean, they always do a great job. I didn't, I, I hardly, you know, to be honest with you, we were having so much fun, whether it was uh, in our seats or uh, we we walked up to the West Star Bank Club and and had a you know a good time up there. At times, I was just forgetting about the game, and then I'd look up, and it was a home run by C.J. Abrams or, or stuff like that. And it just speaks to uh, how the El Paso Chihuahuas run their organization. They just make you have so much fun, and uh, sometimes you even forget about the game. That's how much fun you might have at a, at a Chihuahuas baseball game. Um, also, wanna, I, I'm bearing the lead for what I, I got a chance to do today. Um, I got a chance to head out. I, I, I got a chance to meet up with uh, UTEP head coach Joe Golding for men's basketball. Uh, and this was a long time coming, but I'm, get, I'm glad we got a chance to finally touch base. And, uh, you know, I guess kind of recap what's gone on since the season wrapped up. And I was kind of, you know, I actually went back and listened to a couple minor talk episodes yesterday and just kind of, you know, reflecting on what the, the how the season really ended, what the fan base was really saying and uh, what the what the whole motto was around the coaching staff. And uh, I was really surprised when I was kind of going back and doing some digging in our archives, hearing from head coach Joe Golding and just um how fiery he sounded after that loss, at, you know, to Utah, Southern Utah, in the basketball classic where they got bounced out and you know ended up coming back. Um, you know, you you look at guys like that. I mean, Joe Golding is just. He's he's kind of that guy who's a no nonsense guy. He really talked about it, you know, in his final stretches uh, here uh, with, with the miners this season about how he really had a goal and, and understood that change was coming. Now, when he said change was coming, we talked about it on Minor Talk. We thought maybe you know a couple players would leave left and right. There were fans who swore that all the the main core guys from last season, like Sule Boom. Keontae Kennedy, you know, Jamal Biennemi, those guys would definitely be back. And that simply wasn't the case at that point, you know, and, and now you reflect back at where they were at the end of the season, how there was just so much finality to it, to where they are now. And, you know, a whole reshaped roster. They added 10 plus guys, got a chance to watch these guys for the first time at Foster Stevens Center. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to overhype things because it's way too early. They're, they're really just doing conditioning and workouts, so you're not really even getting a chance to watch these guys go up five-on-five five or, or things like that. But you you uh, look at the guys that they have. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have a podcast tomorrow for uh, for Minor Talk, a special podcast with UTEP head coach Joe Golding. And just to kind of preview the conversation, um, you know, he talked about guys with a lot of chips on their shoulder, guys who uh, really want to play, and, and maybe they hadn't had much success at their previous spot. But they they're hungry for that opportunity to try to play at a higher level this next season. So I got a chance to see everybody. I mean, everybody is here on campus right now for the Utah basketball team, with the exception of Jonathan Dos Anjos, uh, who's coming from Florida Southwestern College, uh, and he's a junior college transfer, six foot seven, with uh, two years of eligibility. That's somebody who they really are going to rely on coming here this summer because uh, Joe Golding and the, and the whole staff they're really bullish on Jonathan Dos Anjos. Uh, but you know, it's it's. I guess it's good to see guys like Calvin Solomon for the first time from Stephen F. Austin or, or 
see guys like Derek Hamilton, the six foot ten, two hundred eighty pound sophomore at a Bossier Parish Community College. So you you get a chance to see all these new faces, uh, and you kind of realize, wow, this this UTEP basketball team it's completely brand new. But there was a new energy uh, out there at the Foster Stevens Center. It was just interesting to kind of watch. I mean, I reflect back on the final practices I watched with the previous team, and I, I don't want to take anything from uh, what they were able to do because they won twenty games. They were a team that a lot of people uh, counted out early into the conference, uh, you know, the conference season, and then they stormed back. They they had a six game win streak in conference USA play, uh, sparked by an overtime victory against Old Dominion. And from there, they, they really didn't look back. They, they beat Louisiana Tech on the road. They beat teams like North Texas on Senior Day. And you know, despite all of that, they they had almost their whole roster gutted. Only three guys returning from last year's team. You had Kevin Callu. You have guys like uh, uh, Jamari Sibley and Zarek Onyema. Those are the three guys who elected to stay with this UTEP basketball team, and and it's a whole new roster. But I, I look back on those final practices uh, from the basketball classic, and you know, I'm not saying guys were going through the motion. It's just what it, it, you felt like the finality was there. The, the finish line was coming soon for this basketball team at that point. And now reflecting on on this uh, this team and what I currently saw, I mean, it's just a breath of fresh air, and I think that's that should be exciting for UTEP basketball fans. I know that th- there's going to be peaks and valleys with this team. I think that th- there's going to have one of the they're, they're going to have one of those you know uh, lulls in the season for sure. But I, I I have to look at this basketball team, and I you know it's hard to not get excited about what this what this group has to offer as far as talent goes. Um, Ten plus newcomers, like I said, Jonathan Dos Anjos not not there for practice, but uh, we'll have a lot of great stuff coming. From from UTEP head coach Joe Golding. He talks about staff changes that have gone on with their team that are uh, now made public. He also talked about some newcomers that they're bringing into the mix, like walk-on players that we actually didn't know about up to this point, and even talks about some scheduling philosophies that he has for this upcoming season. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to launch that tomorrow. Uh, all you have to do is subscribe to the Minor Talk podcast wherever you get your podcast, and uh, that podcast will be up tomorrow morning uh, as uh, we get a chance to talk with UTEP head coach Joe Golding. Hey, um, you know, tonight is the start of, Stan- of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. This is going to be so much fun as we get a chance to see uh, this one. The first game of this series, this will be taking place out in Colorado. The puck will drop at 6 o'clock, uh, and it will be televised on ABC. Now, one of the I- I'm so interested by all these different matchups. You've got a Wednesday matchup, uh, then it turns to a Saturday-Monday format. So you have two games in Colorado. Then you got the next two in Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens here. I, I think um, you know the Lightning. They're chasing that three peat. The Avalanche. They've been the best team all year long. Who do you have if you're a hockey fan out there? Who who do you have in this series? And could this go you know in a seven game series? Uh, if you're looking at the Avalanche and the Lightning, give us a call. Let us know nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine as we continue. Tomorrow is Game Six of the NBA Finals. Man. Does Boston have a chance? Can they can they turn this around and maybe push it to a game seven, or are the Warriors too much right now? And are they going to fend off uh, this Boston team, which has been you know outstanding all year long, especially defensively? But the Warriors might just be too much uh, for the Boston Celtics in this series. I, I can't wait for that one. That should be a lot of fun to to kind of watch as uh, that game happens tomorrow. That's a seven o'clock tip off on ABC, and then also. 
Want to touch on this bit of news that happened today, this out of the NFL. Minka Fitzpatrick, he started his summer with a nice payday after he secured a deal with the Steelers. He is now the NFL's highest paid safety. As the Steelers uh, elected today to extend him on a four-year deal, it'll pay him $18.4 million a season. Uh, Fitzpatrick's free agency, um, you know, this is this is kind of interesting because he was um, you know projected to go to free agency next year, but the Steelers lock him down he was also given 36 million guaranteed at signing and uh, yeah now it turns from a four-year deal to a five-year deal uh, including his next year con- uh, his next year on his contract and uh, it starts in 2023 for Minka Fitzpatrick you look at guys across the league like Jamal Adams and I, I compare Minka Fitzpatrick to one of the best if not the best safety in the in all of the NFL uh, he has 11 interception has scored three defensive touchdowns uh, you know throughout his career in the NFL he's also forced three fumbles and recovered four so he's kind of that ball hawk playmaking type of safety uh, and the Steelers invest in one of their best players and they retain him uh, as make and by making him the highest paid safety in NFL history a lot more to get to on this program coming up next we're going to talk some UTEP football uh, high school camp that's coming up later on this summer Jacob Martinez will join us next from UTEP football but first let's go to Charlie one he has our first traffic update as we get started on a busy Wednesday edition of Sports Talk. Charlie, how we doing? All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Angel Munoz. Jacob Martinez joins us here in our Loop and Go studios. It's been a long time uh, since we got a chance to chat with uh, one of UTEP's own. He's the director of player personnel for the Miners. Jacob, what's up, man? Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. It's been it's been a while since we've had a camp, so it's good to be here and good to talk about what we're going to have. So Yeah, I'm excited about this. If you want to follow Jacob on Twitter, you can follow him at MartinezJacob32. That's MartinezJacob32 on Twitter. Uh, Jacob, let, let's just jump right into it. The UTEP football camp, it's held uh, in July, on July 27th actually, in the Sun Bowl. It's high school athletes' first chance to, and first opportunity to actually get a chance to play and, and participate in drills and, and a camp at the Sun Bowl, uh, which is so cool in itself. I mean, you, you know, you look at the city of El Paso. There are several high school football teams who are blessed with the opportunity to have a chance to actually play at the Sun Bowl for maybe it's a rivalry game or maybe it's a senior showcase, whatever it might be. Uh, but having that opportunity to step on the Sun Bowl field and play and, and, you know, get a chance to do it in front of coaches and stuff like that, I mean, that, that sounds like it's a priceless opportunity for some of these guys. Yeah, I think the Sun Bowl is a really great venue. You know, uh, a lot of people that come in on official or unofficial official visits they love the Sun Bowl it's in a great spot in the mountain and it's a good thing for local high school athletes to showcase what they have in front of our coaches and see what kind of skill set they have and I like the fact because I don't know about you Jacob but man this heat is killing me man oh. uh yeah the I love the fact that you guys are starting this at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday uh because that that's going to do wonders for your <laughs> for everybody's sake uh in terms of all the heat yeah I mean I know this week has been it's been really hot this week, but yeah, I like I like the night venue, and then it'll be different too, you know, with the stadium lights on and 
the sun going down, it'll be easier on these kids out there to, to get after it. So you can go online right now. It's uh, camps.jumpforward.com slash UTEP football camp 2022 to check out more information on this. I think the easiest way to do this is probably go on the social media accounts for UTEP football and then just kind of click the links right there. Uh, what, what are some of the ways that you're telling parents or coaches uh, to try to you know look at more information on this, uh, where, where they can find it? Yeah, so of course our UTEP football Twitter at UTEPFB. Um, they're posting it on uh, UTEP football's Instagram as well. They'll post it on the stories with the link. And, uh, I mean, I'll be posting it here pretty soon, our recruiting coordinator, and I know he'll be getting it out to different high school coaches ar- around the city. So Now, let me ask you this, Jacob, because you've, you've gotten a chance to do this for a while now. Uh, however, this is the first camp that UTEP football is putting together for high school athletes since 2019. It's crazy to think that it's been three years since we've had a high school football camp for UTEP. What's it like to be back? I mean, this has got to be a a challenge and an an exceptional journey for you guys to kind of go full circle and then bring this back this year. Right. I mean, it's going to be good for us, and it's just three years is a long time, but, you know, once you start getting into all the different details about it, you start remembering all the things you have to do, and it's just something that it, it takes time, but at the end of it, it's worth it just to see those kids go out and have fun and compete. Now, you know, the purpose of this, of course, like best case scenario, you find a great player. The player maybe ends up at UTEP or something like that, or maybe the player gets recruited elsewhere. And it's just like giving exposure to these athletes, which is, you know, a great thing in itself. But let, let's talk about what, what's been going on for UTEP football, you know, since there's there hasn't necessarily been like a football camp to showcase athletes at. Um, you know, I've seen all over social media, different head, uh, different coaches across the staff going all across uh, the country and recruiting and trying to find the best talent, but not maybe necessarily trying to find it for tomorrow, but maybe trying to find it for next year or for two years down the line and making those connections. How important is that, you know, for your staff just to go out and be seen across the country and make those connections? I mean, it's huge just to have a presence at these at these bigger camps with a bunch of schools, and there's, there's always athletes. They're always going to find somebody. There's always a kid that's overlooked or under-recruited, and our guys are going out working with our recruiting coordinator going to different camps, you know, in the state, out of state, just trying to build on what we have. Again, we got Jacob Martinez here joining us from UTEP Football, uh, talking some UTEP Football camps. It's coming up July 27th, uh, so you can check out uh, UTEP Football's camp for high school athletes coming up later next month. Jacob, what's your favorite things about these camps? Like, just a just a softball question to you. What are you, what's your what do you love about these camps? So you know the whole process. It does stress you out a little bit, but I love going through that whole process and just having things run smooth because at, at the end of the camp, the kids go home, they'll go home happy, they showcase what they have and just want everything to run smooth. It's like a big weight off of your shoulders. <laughs> um, I, I can't imagine. Who's uh, who's eligible to attend this camp? So it's, it's open to all grades 9 through 12. Um, anyone who's going to be a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior in high school. Preferably a football background, or does it matter? It doesn't matter. It's open to any and everyone who wants to to come and and show what they have. Now, I see that there are learning fundamentals at this camp. Can you tell us a little bit about what what will be taking place at the camp itself? Yeah, so, I mean, different position groups will work with their position coach, and, you know, just whatever that coach has has them do, you know, whether it's like breaking on routes or – or uh, running backs like doing different reads through the lines, or if they want to get into blitz pickup, they can do that. But and just for instance, like O lineman getting their steps down and just doing different things like that. Now let let me ask you this: Let's say I'm an O lineman, but I also have this like you know 
I, I want to. I have this desire to play on the defensive side as well. Like maybe I'm a two way player and I play, you know, on, on a local team here in El Paso. Uh, what do, what do those kind of players do? Do they play both uh, offense and defense, and will they do skills on both ends? You know, they will. I mean, once we break into different position groups, they if they want to do a little bit of O line, they have the opportunity to break and go with the D line if they want. And and we will have one on ones too to see what some guys got and. Probably with the O-line, D-line, and for sure with the receivers and the defensive backs as well. Now, when when you're getting a chance to go out and compete at this, uh, what are some of the things that campers must bring when they go to this event? So, of course, any type of athletic clothes, shirt, uh, shorts. Of course, we'll be providing camp T-shirts at the camp. Um, bring your cleats, and mouth, you can bring a mouthpiece as well. It's optional, but definitely encouraged. Okay, so you, you're given a camp T-shirt. You're asking people to bring cleats, shorts, T-shirts. It's pretty simple right there. Uh, you know, can people walk up and register on site when they're at the actual camp? Yeah, so that's that's uh, they can do that as well because um, registration will close it about a day before. That way we can get everything together see where the kids are from, get the kids' names, but they definitely can walk up and, and register day of the camp. Now, let me ask you this, Jacob. Since you've got a chance to be a part of this UTEP football program for a while, whether it be involved directly in the camps or just watching the team in itself, what what's your assessment like on the area's talent at the high school level? It, where is it at compared to other places or maybe other times that you've seen here in recent years? You, for the area of El Paso? Yeah, or, or maybe maybe even the surrounding area. Maybe you get some people from Las Cruces and, and, and outside the city who come to these camps. So, I mean, over the years, I definitely think the talent has gotten a lot better. There's always, every year, there's always more and more kids that have more and more talent. And, of course, you see kids go to different schools. Some come here to UTEP, but it's always growing. And, I mean, I do remember recent camps, you know, getting kids from Arizona, um, and they – I mean, Arizona's got good talent as well. So, I mean, it's always increasing and kids are always getting better. So, For the people who make the trip out, what, is, what are some of the like responses you hear from those kinds of uh, athletes or high school kids or prospects, whatever it may be? You know, they just, they're always polite, say, you know, thank you for having us. Like, it was great to come to this camp and great opportunity. And I'm sure a lot of these kids go to different camps just so they can show different college coaches what, what they got. Now, when we're talking about these uh, these campers specifically, what what about the local coaches? Like, how how much are they involved in in these kinds of camps? Like, do you contact the coaches to encourage some of their players to attend, or or how does that relationship go? Yeah, so that that falls on our recruiting coordinator, Jimmy Gonzalez, and he'll he's the one who really communicates with the different high school coaches. And I know a lot of high school coaches are for it because we got a couple of them that are UTEP football alumni, so they they'll always push their kids to come and and show and work out for our coaches. How, how big are those coaches right there who are alumni? Because I feel like you have uh, Coach Famaligi, Coach uh, Julio Lopez, yep. and I'm missing a ton. I mean, there, there's I mean, now you have Coach Mike Pry out at Coronado High School, and there's a ton of UTEP alum uh, who are, you know, on whether they're head coaches or maybe they're even coordinators across this town. There are a lot of UTEP alumni who end up staying in El Paso, and they decide to just coach here in the city. Yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome, and they have such a love for the game, and when you play college ball, you learn the game at such a different level, so the way they teach these kids, I know they're doing a great job of, of that. Do so. you think they can also be your biggest like champion? Like, Let's say you're targeting a local player, and, and you've got you got a head coach who's an alum, or you've got a, a, coach, a staff member who's an alum. Is that, does that help you in, in maybe you know trying to land some of those guys? Oh, yeah, definitely, because... 
you know, some of the alumni that come through that are coaches, you know, they've played well for us and, and they've had a good time at UTEP. So they definitely try to, you know, push guys to come here and, and be able to compete for a school, their alma mater, and, and do well for us. So. What what about, uh you know, you look back to the 2019 camp. Are there any current players who are on uh, the roster right now who are, at a camp, who are at that camp, like, that you can remember? So... I believe in 2019 we had two camps that year, and I think we had one in June and also late July. And uh, two of those guys that, well, one's graduated, Isaiah Bravo. He wow, was at that okay. camp. And uh, Gavin Hardison was the no other one. No way. Yeah. You had Gavin Hardison come through at camp and then end up coming to UTEP? Yeah, I remember he was at, because uh, he played at New Mexico Military Institute. And, uh, yeah, he came to our camp late July, and he ends up being our starting quarterback. So, did did you guys kind of know like that he had something when when he came to camp, or do you remember anything from it? Uh, it's a little vague, but I remember you know they wanted to bring him to see because he had some film, and they wanted to just kind of see in person, like you know what he had and arm talent and all that. And it, I mean, it ended up working out for us really well. So, in today's social media world, where you see. Everything posted on social media. Now, for UTEP, you see things like guys announcing their commitment to UTEP, uh, a lot of buzz with that kind of stuff. Like we mentioned earlier, you're seeing coaches who are traveling across the country who are posting that they're at this uh, this high school or they're at this junior college and they're meeting with this coach. I love all that stuff right there, and that, that kind of gets all these eyes on the program. Um, I- I'm sure social media is big for your camps as well, just having these guys post that they're at the UTEP football camp and just kind of get the brand out there a little bit more right it any word out on social media is huge for us I mean nowadays everything like you said is social media social media social media so I mean it's it's good for us to get the word out um on our Twitter on Instagram and all that so and just other coach like other coaches on our staff as well and our recruiting coordinator too uh, again, we got Jacob Martinez joining us here in our Lubin Go studios as we continue here on Sports Talk today. The UTEP Football de- Director of Player Personnel is here with us right now talking about the upcoming UTEP Football High School camp that's coming up on July 27th uh, at the Sun Bowl Stadium. Uh, before I let you go, Jacob, and uh, hey, I can't thank you enough for all the time today. What What are your thoughts on, on just kind of how the season wrapped up last year, kind of leading into this year? It just seems like there's a ton of momentum for this UTEP football team. It seems like you know, hey, the expectations are high, but I, I think that it's rightfully so. The, the schedule's breaking in a positive direction for you all. Opportunities are there. I mean, hey, if I'm if you're selling UTEP stock, I'm definitely buying it. Right. I mean, it's. I think, of course, I'm always optimistic. I'm an alumni, so I'm I'm really looking forward to the season. We got a lot of experience coming back. We didn't lose much, and we're ready for these guys to go out there and make some plays, lead our team. All right. Well, I'm, I'm super happy about that. Uh, Jacob, can you run down all the details, all the information on how people can pre-register for the UTEP Football High School Camp if they're listening right now? Right. So you can go on our Twitter at UTEPFB. There's a link, a jump forward link. Uh, you click on the link. You can register. The camp is July 27th from 5 to 8 p.m. Um, it's also on our Instagram. I'll be posting it on my Twitter as well, just as well as uh, any if you follow any of our coaches. So. And then uh, also forgot to mention, camp uh, registration fee is $53, correct? Yeah, it's 50 but then because there's like a service charge 
through the website. So yeah, it comes out to about fifty three. Okay, fifty three dollars, but it still will include the camp. Uh, it'll allow you uh, access to the camp, camp T shirt, and then uh, get a chance to learn fundamentals and participate in this uh, in this football camp for the first time in three years. I mean, hey, uh, you can't ask for much more right there for athletes. I'm I'm thinking about like a sophomore right now who might have been a standout back three years ago who never got a chance to be a part of it. Well, now entering their senior year, they get a chance to do it right here. That's a that's a great thing in itself. Great opportunity and, you know, excited to see these local kids and what they can bring because I know there's always someone who's going to bring something. So looking forward to it. Hey, I'm really looking forward to it, Jacob, and really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for stopping by today. And uh, we'll get a chance to recap the the camp once it actually happens. All right. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. uh, Jacob, joining us here in our Lube Go studios. We're going to take a time out right now. When we come back, more phone calls, more tweets. If you want to follow Jacob on Twitter, it's at MartinezJacob32. He'll be posting that link and you can also check out that link on Twitter at UTEP FB on Twitter. Taking the time out right now. When we come back, more phone calls, more tweets as sports talk continue. But first, let's get our KVAA update. It's next right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Sports talk continues. Adrian Bradis along with Angel Munoz. Jason Craig has made his way to the Lubin Go studios. What's up, Jason? How's it going? What happened to that traffic that was happening? Yeah, how about that uh, semi, huh? I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't? Well, no. maybe that's what caused the traffic, huh? I missed it. Okay, well, I'm glad you missed it. Um, you know, Angel Munoz had to, like, back into the to the Lubingo Studios to try to get in. No, so I heard just, he was uh, like Dominic Toretto over there. <laughs> yeah, he he, uh, he pulled a little stunt, but he got it done. Uh, how's it going today, man? It's good. Um, far East is far. Yeah, it's, I'm with you. It's so far. You know, I was, the, I was out there far east today. I'm just always so blown away at, like, how much that Zaragoza area has blown up. Like, you just start on that Zaragoza area, and whoever built that road is, is uh, come on, I need to have a conversation with you. Because why you have two, <laughs> two lanes in one, in that busy kind of street, like, that That just, it's why the, do you do that? It's the worst. I don't know, like, so what, what time do you go out there? So I went out there today at like uh, twelve o'clock to visit our friends at Taco Avocat. So yeah, just you know, it was a lunch rush around there. So I had to oh, sneak yeah. out through the back and go through like the Tierra Este area. Yeah. And now I'm becoming like I'm well versed in like the back uh, back roads of like the east of the far east. Side. Look at you, that's awesome. Wait, so do you do you venture out there um, often or? I live out there. What? I live out there now, but yeah, I live on the east side. So like, are you talking like East Lake East Side, or are you talking like Horizon East Side? Are you talking I, I live Pebble Hills East Side. Like I live uh, El Dorado East Side. I don't know high schools like that. <laughs> <laughs> like McCray, okay, okay. Montana, Yarbrough. That's not that's bad. That's like my little area, but I know all that stuff too. See, that's not bad because when you when you head out there, like the the three seventy five loop, and you start looking at like the Amazon, uh, you know, place that's oh, the warehouse. Or yeah, whatever. once you see that, you know you've gone way too far. <laughs> that's like its own thing. Well, but now it's like you know you go to the west side and you see the West Town Marketplace and the Cimarron area that has blown up in itself. But then you go east and it's like the East Lake complex is really blowing up over there so this city is just getting bigger and bigger by the day yeah central downtown and like east side that's what i know like i know all this and a little bit of the west like sunland park kind of area i know all that everything else (laughs) <laughs> Forget about Forget it. Forget about it. Yeah. Eight, uh, our telephone number, 505-6009, if you'd like to weigh in, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Jason, you're a big wrestling guy. I'm not privy to wrestling whatsoever, but give me the big storylines coming out of wrestling right now. Jeff Hardy uh, is in, in some mess because uh, he got pulled over. Um, I think it was this weekend, 
And okay. he had like DUI, huge. It was like he was blue like a point two something. Oh. Yeah, it was bad. Really bad. So AEW has him. Uh he's going to a um you know, going to like a rehabilitation place. Oh wow. Uh, so it yeah. got to that level. So yeah. that's the big drama right now. Yeah, that wrestling. and then, you know, suspended where he's while he's doing that, he's not getting pay. Okay. So that's a big thing. Um we got uh tonight is AEW. There is a uh it's not like a pay per view because it's on TNT. Okay. But uh where are you in the tiers of AEW versus WWE while you look this one up? I like professional wrestling, so. Oh, okay, so you don't have a, pr- a preference. Nah, once AEW showed up and they were really like doing like cool wrestling stuff, I was in. I was like, "Oh man, this is so good." It wasn't even about the characters or you know, the wrestlers. It was, yo, they're really having dope matches. And I learned about other wrestlers. I was like, "Yo, he's actually really good." Am I missing any other uh, wrestling company out there? So, you know, you got WWE, AEW, New Japan, um, Impact, okay. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor bought by AEW's um, CEO, Tony Khan. Okay. So, so you, oh, well, uh, the Khan family. Now, yeah. I know that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Owners of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. But you're talking about right now WWE, AEW atop the throne right now, and then everything else is kind of underneath. But, okay, better story writing. Who has a better story writing between AEW and WWE? Um, if I were, it's, it's difficult. Right now, AEW or WWE has some cool storylines going on. But AEW does, like, the slow burn. Okay, got it. Like, they they make the stories go very, very long, and they'll start it off where it seems like it's going to be cool, and then all of a sudden it turns on you, and the story is, like, there's history behind it and all types of stuff. So their storylines are pretty good, but WWE's storylines, they're, they're, they're decent right now. Okay, who's who has better talent? Oh, I'm going to have to even it up. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive for AEW, knowing that you think that the talent is... Now, what, what's the what's the consensus? What's the like social media consensus? Who likes what? Like, uh, you're telling me which, which demographic likes which... There's still, you know, the diehards, right? There's still people that just haven't bought into the AEW thing. Uh, I mean, there's still people that haven't bought into NXT, and NXT is a WWE product, so... You know, um, there's guys, there's people that just want to watch uh, SmackDown and, and Raw, and that's it. But okay, there's still okay. main event. That still happens. They still have, like, a like another brand, you know, another show that they, they put on, and then plus they have NXT. Okay. Okay, I got you. Well, hey, I appreciate all the all the insight for wrestling. We, we This is the wrestling corner with Jason Craig. I like it. Wow. Uh, I, I, think we should, uh, I think we should establish that here now on the show uh, as far as a, 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 an in-show check-in as far as what, what the waters are. And uh, Steve Kaplowitz could do a way better job than myself because I, I have no clue what's going on in wrestling right Look, now. Look, if you want to know, just all you got to do is acknowledge the man. His name is Roman Reigns. Acknowledge him, okay? He's a good actor, right? Acknowledge Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, He's I got the him. belt. Belts, <laughs> unified both belts. His cousins, they have all the tech. It's all wow. the gold in the bloodline. All the gold. That's they impressive. have it all. He had to come back from something, right? Yeah, he had a uh, leukemia. Oh man, came back. He came back. Uh, you know, we still didn't like him. Okay. <laughs> it, it was a bad thing, and then he disappeared again, and then he came back as he, he's he's a BA dude. He's the guy. Oh, wow, uh, it's it. 
That, that's awesome news. Again, Jason Craig in the building right now, Lubingo Studios, as we continue. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue. Coming up in our 5 o'clock hour, we'll have Jason Williams join us at 530. He'll be talking about uh, an, a really, really cool camp that's coming up here in El Paso. Uh, and we're really excited to bring Jason back on the show as he's one of our favorites. Then, 545, we'll have uh, on one of w- – this is a really cool conversation, which I'm excited to have. Tracy Taylor, he's going to be talking about the uh, – the Bragan Slugger Award that was uh, announced today. Uh, and the recipient is Ivan Melendez. He, he's up right now for the Golden Spikes Award. And, uh, yeah, he was he was named the Bobby Brayan uh, Collegiate Slugger Award. And so Tracy will join us later on in the show to talk about that. And then we'll have David Moore, who's one of the newest inductees for the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Can't wait for that conversation coming up at 6. And then uh, Tim Haggerty closing the show out with us at 6.15 uh, before choice. Chihuahuas baseball as they take on the Las Vegas Aviators. Uh, again, our telephone number, 915-505-6009 as we continue. Uh, Jason, I got into this a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, I got a chance to go to UTEP basketball practice today, uh, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I left uh, way more impressed. And I, you know, the thing is, is going into the practice today, I kind of was worried because you lose 10 guys, and the average fan uh, will tell you that they're worried, like for UTEP basketball. They, they were hitting the panic button when the minors were uh, going through the recruiting process and maybe they uh, didn't get the recruits that fans wanted them to get are you worried as somebody who's a uh, you know uh, coming into the mix you you're part of this UTEP basketball program you're the DJ at every single home game for UTEP basketball Uh, you know this program inside and out are you are you worried or at least a little bit worried going into the season knowing that they lost all the talent I was a bit concerned really I I was concerned I was like what what is happening what, what what's going on? Where's everybody going? But um, one thing that I have learned about watching college basketball on UTEP, um, they find a way. You know, they always find a way to get some W's in, and they've been doing better uh, each year. You know, and you know, with with Coach Goldie, it's I have a lot of faith in him. I really do. What 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 do you like about him so much? His passion. His passion of, of being – he's in there. Like, I watch him on the sideline. Like, I pay attention to the sideline more than I pay attention <laughs> to the game. And I just see him just – like, he really directs what's what needs to happen on the court. And he gets – like, when he gets down low, I already know it's like he's focusing on something else that we're not seeing. Um, and and I, 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 do, I really do have a lot of faith, especially with, the, you know, the winning season we had last – last year or this past season it's 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 promising to see you know and i'm like okay that's good i'm good i'm happy with that you know it's interesting because if you just look at the makeup of last year's program i'll just reel off a couple names sule boom jamal Bienemy, uh keontae kennedy those guys are alphas right there just personality wise yeah. like those guys it's tough to tell those guys right there and rightfully so i mean they've earned their flowers like though well i would say at least jamal Bienemy and sule boom have uh i think keontae kennedy earned it last yes, year you know before he got injured and then when he came back he still uh, he was outstanding in what he he brought to the team but you get more where I'm going with this they, they all were alphas they all were guys who you might you might see as like those primary scores and, and guys who required the ball like when you when you're coaching a team or when you're working with a team and you know that there are several guys in your team who just demand the ball like sim- simply put like they need the ball in order for them to have success for them to feel out their game and stuff like that it's, it's tough for uh, you to ask um, you know a single player to defend all game and not let him get his own shots 
I think for this upcoming team, the reason why I'm, I'm so impressed early on is it's guys who haven't really won. It's guys who want to win, like who are tired of losing. Yeah, maybe they've posted numbers at their previous spots, but you get what I'm, what I'm saying? At right, I, felt, right I felt that's how it was last season. You know, I really felt like they really just wanted to win. You know, Golding's first, Coach Golding's first year, uh, they just wanted to win. There was a different um, energy in the dawn that they, they, they were giving off and that they were taking in. They're like, we can't let we can't let this city down. We can't let UTEP down. We have to we have to win. We have to prove that we want to win. Even if even when they lost, they fought. They fought. It wasn't like a given loss. Yeah. They fought the entire time. Yeah, they were getting blown out. I mean, the last game was kind of an anomaly. I, I don't even count. Well, did you count those last games? I still go back to the basketball classic and how they finished off in that postseason. Um, they lost that game 82-69. I thought that game was a lot closer than the score might indicate. But I... I don't know. I didn't want them to go into that postseason tournament. I know other fans said yes, like allow them to play in that tournament, let them just compete and, and do that. I, I don't know. For me, I just kind of wanted them to turn the page and, and go off in recruiting. You know, in the long run, it didn't hurt them. They still ended right. up rounding out a roster and everything was fine. But I, at the same point, I, I don't know. You know, I look at how the season ended, and it was that's where you, you look at the improvements. Like, what could they have done in those final 20 seconds in that middle Tennessee game in order to win and advance for? further in the Conference USA tournament. Like, what could the, they have done in the Basketball Classic to maybe advance further in this one and then give them more, more momentum going into next year? I don't think they could have done anything different than what they were already doing. Um, it looked like they – it just – there was a lot of – there were some bad calls. There was a few bad calls in that Classic because um, I was there every – Yeah, you were all there. All the games, and I was just like, what What? What are you guys looking at? Missing – missing uh, – it was – now you got me looking at it. I'm, yeah. Well, but but I'm disappointed. I'm, <laughs> I'm mad now. You know, I think that you know, and I get it again. I listened to some of my show for uh, some of our show from uh, how we finished out the season, and fans were just so. Um, I guess they were so sure that everybody would come back. So, like reflecting back on last year, you, you have to acknowledge the talent that this team lost, but you can also still be as a UTEP fan or just as somebody who's watching this team, um, you know, and and how they've progressed year after year. I think you, everybody could be objectively optimistic about what this team could bring. I'm not telling you they're going to win 18-plus games right out of the bat. I have to still see how they look five-on-five five, uh, before making that assessment. And I also have to see how the, the whole league looks in Conference USA, how their schedule shakes out uh, when it's all said and done. But I, I still look at this team, and I, I'm optimistic because I'm like you. I'm, I'm not looking at player A, player B, player C. I'm looking at head coach Joe Golding. I'm looking at the staff and how they how they are really you know having a philosophy behind this and how they want to win. With with Conference USA, there's a lot shaking up, right? Yes. So that could that, that can change a whole bunch of things for for UTEP. You know, that could put us either in the middle or it could put us at the top. I don't see us going to the bottom. Sure. You know, no, I'm with you. Hey, we're going to wrap up hour number one right here. Hour number two coming up next. We've got Jason Williams joining us, and then we've got uh, Tracy Taylor joining us as well at 545. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. It's hour number two on Sports Talk today. Busy Wednesday edition of the show. Angel Munoz behind the glass, screening your phone calls, choosing the music. Getting ready for a uh, busy, busy Chihuahuas baseball. Sal Montes will be in for that one, along with uh, voice of the Chihuahuas, Tim Haggerty. That one starts at 6.30 tonight. 
uh, and we'll have you covered right after Sports Talk today here on 600 ESPN El Paso. A busy edition of our second o'clock hour, uh, second hour here on Sports Talk. Jason Craig back in the building with us as well here for hour number two. A lot of stuff to also continue to talk about here on the show in the world of sports. Uh, Want to just do a little rundown of different storylines that are across the board. El Paso Locomotive FC goalkeeper Evan Newton, he earned a spot on the USL Championship Team of the Week. He has 41 saves this year, and that's tied for the most in the USL Championship right now uh, with also the Phoenix Rising goalkeeper. How about this, Jason? Did you know that this, uh, actually Saturday, is actually the first time the El Paso, actually any USL team, has been uh, aired, you know, a match has been aired on ESPN. The Locomotive FC are going to be taking on Detroit. There's never been uh, an actual USL game broadcast on the main ESPN uh, television feed and this Sunday, or excuse me, this Saturday will mark the first time uh, that that is the case. 10 o'clock start in the morning, Locomotive FC going up against Detroit. How cool is that? That's on Saturday? Yeah, it's Saturday. On ESPN? On regular ESPN, not the Plus, not ESPN U, not ESPN News or anything like that, on ESPN. Not, not ESPN 8, the old show, nothing. <laughs> Just not the old e- show. ESPN. Yeah, and El Paso. At Paso's, 10 a.m. And El Paso's the first team. I'm going to be hungover watching this, but I'm going to wake up to watch this. <laughs> I got to bring my local motive hat now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, are you a big fan of the kits, the the, mat, the you know the jerseys that they have? Uh, n- no, not really. really. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I love those. I, I, I'm a hat guy. I like hats. Okay, so you're not a jersey guy. No, not really. Yeah. I like the, the chihuahuas. Uh, they had like a black one that said El Paso on it. Yes. That was cool because okay. I can wear a Raider hat with it. And, okay. But other than that, no. You don't not really, really rock jerseys? Not really. If you had to rock a, a jersey, is it baseball jerseys? Hockey. Hockey jerseys? Yeah. Why? They, they're, they're cooler. Just do you do it? No the laces? pun. No pun intended. <laughs> do you do uh, it with the laces? No. Nah, however, if if the laces are there, I'll do it with the laces. If it's just you know like the the patch up there, yeah. I need a rhinos jersey. That's what I, I, I really have one. Need. You do? I have two. What colors? Um, I have one of the ones, one of the heavier ones, with yeah. like the sewed on rhino in the front. I like those. Uh, it was like it was black, had like a little bit of orange and white, and then I have like a more like a netted one. Uh, a mesh one, ooh, and that one's like more orange and black. I want the one that's like the the clear white or like the off white color one. I, that's the one I kind of want with the rhino in, in the front. Uh, they, I think they they debuted that one not too long ago, either last year or the year before. But that's the one I at least is, that has been on my radar. I'm with you. I like hockey jerseys. I'd probably side with you know me personally, like the NFL jerseys, uh, even though. I think some people will knock that the the you know the sleeve is a little bit bigger. However, last year's Nike model was pretty nice. It kind of fits you just you know perfect. So yeah. I'll stick with the NFL on my end. And I heard about the uh, with the rhinos, like their design and stuff. I heard yeah. it came from the from the ducks. Interesting. Like the designers from the ducks. So I was like, well, I like the ducks. So. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. The Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. That's good. That's good news. Uh, another story. We touched on this yesterday. I just want to reiterate this one. Uh, former uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Hall of Famer, and uh, ES now uh, ESPN analyst, Troy Aikman. He's heading to El Paso this Monday. He's promoting his new beer, the 8 Beer. I'm curious to know, are you going to be in attendance? If you're listening in right now at 915-505-6009, are you dying to meet the former Cowboys quarterback? Do you want to do... do you 
you want to watch it? Do you want to see him and meet him? He's heading to uh, Bikini Joe's at four o'clock on Monday, then heading to Headquarters Tap House at five o'clock Monday, and then closing things out at Union Draft House on Sunland, and that one is at six o'clock. No autographs. This has been confirmed. No autographs will be signed at this. Aikman will be serving beers for everybody behind the bar. So. That's the connection right there. You He's going to be a bartender. Yeah. What? You're getting Troy Aikman, but you got to you got to tip him, and uh, you definitely have to order the eight beer. I guess. If I get a bucket of eight beers, like a bucket, are they going to carry him on his on their shoulders? Oh. With dee, 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 dee. <laughs> He's got the sparklers yeah. and stuff going, and, he, and he's giving you a little play-by-play while he's doing it. Wow. I, I'll I do it for that. I think that's a good idea. I think, I think you're on to something. I'd right pay there, good dude. money for that. Uh, Aikman's beer, it's, it's named 8, and it's, of course, after his jersey number, uh, and it launched across Texas. Now, it's first making the debut here in El Paso uh, over these past couple months, and, uh, you know, Aikman, he, uh, he's, he, he did this because it's a, it's a lifestyle type of beer. It's a locale type of beer, so, uh, yeah, he's heading to El Paso. He's making the rounds all across the state of Texas. We've seen him um, elsewhere in West Texas, and now he's going to make an appearance in El Paso. Uh, that's coming Monday, uh, as uh, as you know that that uh, that event will, will take place at three different local bars here in El Paso. Uh, last night, El Paso Chihuahuas beat out uh, the Las Vegas Aviators. A big win for them. They won ten to nine, and uh, yeah, it was just really back and forth in that game. I mean, you had home runs galore from the Chihuahuas, but uh, man, uh, CJ. Abrams it just it you you can really see what kind of a uh, power he has as a hitter and uh, he he really balled out today in a big way also want to mention um Ivan Melendez, he has been named a first-team All-American by the NCBWA, uh, and that is also a huge news right there for the Coronado High School graduate. Uh, him and Carlos Contreras, who is a graduate also from the city of El Paso, he plays for Sam Houston State. He was also named on the All-American first and uh, second team. I think he made the second team, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, huge shout-outs to two El Pasoans doing big things in college baseball. We'll talk about the uh, Bobby Bra- uh, Bragan Collegiate Slugger Award uh, with Tracy Taylor coming up later on in the show. Uh, he is, uh, I'm talking about Ivan Melendez. He's also a finalist for the Golden Spikes Award. That is the award for the best player in all of college baseball. And, uh, you know, seeing a person who's doing it from the 915, Jason, I think that's what makes this uh, really, really cool. He's killing it, right? Yeah, he's, he's absolutely killing that's, it. I've heard his name uh, a few times um, oh, man. in the past few months, and I'm just like, if you don't know now, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I no, I don't know, but I do know. You know, what I'm saying like his name is it's out there. Good. So that that's that's really good, and that's cool for you know for the Sun City. I love it. Hey, how about this? I and we haven't ever gotten your take on this one right here. The shift in Conference USA, all the new teams who are coming in, but all the teams who are leaving. How about today? The AAC officially announced that Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA, they're all going to join Conference, uh, excuse me, they're all joining the American Athletic Conference and leaving Conference USA. A year from now, they're, they're going to be uh, over there in 2023. This will be the last year that UTEP has teams like UTSA on its roster in conference, teams like UAB on its roster in conference, uh, excuse me, in its schedule in conference play. North Texas, Rice, FAU, Charlotte, bye-bye. They, they will not be playing UTEP uh, regularly in conference play. I don't like any of those teams anyway. Okay, if you had, but, to, but, if you had to take but one they, of those teams. UT, I, like UTSA, like, they got to stay. Like to me, like that. What what other rival are we gonna play? 
mean, well, UTEP won't have a rivalry in the new conference USA. I mean, it's well, who's in, in the New Mexico State? Because I, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the rundown for the yeah, new conference. Because USA. I have I have no idea. I don't pay attention. Uh, I'm new. Okay, I'll I'm give you the here. I'll give you the rundown. Hey, and this is good because this is the summer where we got to kind of catch up. We got to also catch up with our own brains. So. Conference USA is adding Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State, obviously, and Sam Houston State. Those are the four teams who are going to be joining Conference USA. There's possibly a, uh, like a uh, an ability for them to include maybe one more, um, but but that still has not been um, confirmed whatsoever. You, um, Conference USA will retain teams like FIU, so you're talking about Florida International, La Tech will stay uh, in, in Conference USA, Middle Tennessee will be staying in Conference USA, you also have teams uh, and schools like Western Kentucky electing to stay, but yeah, I mean, as soon as this year, Jason, Conference USA is losing Southern Miss, Old Dominion, and Marshall, uh, um, along with uh, one other that, that is escaping my brain, oh, Old Dominion, if I didn't say that one right right away. Um, so they're losing Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss to uh, the Sun Belt this year. So how about that? Wow, yeah, that's uh, wow. So they're not going to. Pl- we're not playing them. No. This- wow, isn't that weird? What? <laughs> what is? What is this world? Well, well, let me ask you this: Are, are you sad that the conference USA is losing these teams? I don't. I don't understand. I don't. I don't understand it. If we're losing teams, but if we're getting teams, other teams to play, if they're like, you know. Like they're they're good enough to. Well, let me ask you, you this: know? Do you get excited from teams like Liberty? Do you get excited to hear about Sam Houston State? Sam Houston State, I'm excited about Liberty. No. Well, yeah, Liberty is a, a a good program in football, but they've got you know all sorts of other things going on with their own university. Jackson State is one of those teams where maybe they they bring in some some kind of excitement coming out of the FCS ranks, and then uh, getting a chance to have NMSU in the same conference. I mean, that's crazy in itself, right there. Right there is that's it. Yeah. So and and I look at those teams who are departing. I I look at UAB. That's the team I think I'll miss the most, uh, Jason, because I think UAB lifts your conference in just what they're able to. They have a lot of talent, and their teams are usually pretty good. So I think losing UAB, that's the tough one right there for Conference USA. I think I had a friend that played for UAB. Your little guy. Do you uh do you like UAB when you get a chance to see them? Or yeah, they're they're. Uh, their football, they were pretty aggressive. Like I, I liked them. You say were, you said rivalry for UTSA. Do you mean that? What do you mean? Like a like UTEP and UTSA being a rivalry? Yes, absolutely. Really? I, I thought I thought so. Every time they came, every time I saw them on the schedule, I was like, no, I beat them. Is it just Be- because of the colors them. thing? It's the colors thing, and then there's a you know behind the scenes, there's a few of our old UTEP. Uh, friends that went over there, and it's just like, no, you can't take our people and then come back over here and think you're going to beat us. Like, I'm not with that. So you don't feel the same way about Rice in North Texas? No. Oh, wow. No. I, You know, I look at all those teams. I mean, UTSA, they're reaping the benefits of having recent success. So they have a lot of that recent success, and they parlay that into the AAC UTEP's just on the outside looking in. That's the bottom line. Like yeah. in a perfect world, I think UTEP would like to go to the Mountain West and and have success over there. But uh, that's just not the case for this team. And, and where the, where this athletic department is right now, I think they have to just continue to boost their brand in order to try to parlay uh, what they've done in Conference USA and try to go to another conference if that's what they want to do. Or maybe they just think that they want to stay in Conference USA. It's just kind of weird knowing that there's just not a lot of ties right now. There's not that like you don't have those regional rivalries. You don't have a 
lot of you know rooted rivalries in this conference right now. Yeah, and so bringing NMSU is 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 a good thing. I think it, it, that's that's probably the best situation out of all of it uh, with everybody moving around in, in the conference units. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Hey, Joe Golding and I got a chance to uh, talk uh, at length today, uh, UTEP head coach. We will have a Minor Talk podcast that will launch tomorrow. So if you're interested in hearing an offseason, uh, kind of you know a mid-offseason uh, recap and just what's going on with the UTEP basketball program, that will debut tomorrow. You could check that out on the Minor Talk podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And uh, I, I love that conversation that I had with head coach Joe Golding. Gave, me, gave us a lot of insight and broke a lot of news that... I didn't actually know about. There's been a lot of staff changes actually at UTEP, so uh, we'll we'll get into that conversation tomorrow, and we'll we'll also talk about it a little bit on sports talk as well. Um, also, want to mention. We, we talked about this in hour number one, Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning. This match matchup will start tonight for the Stanley Cup Finals. It will be televised on ABC. Who's winning this one? If you're a fan of hockey, send it our way, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, or give us a call at 915-505-6009 as the Avalanche and the Lightning battle it out in the Stanley Cup Finals. First game tonight, 6 o'clock start on ABC Man, can the Lightning win three straight? That's the biggest question that hangs over this team. Lightning have been outstanding uh, in the postseason. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, in storylines with this group because I, I look at the Avalanche. They were the best team in the regular season. I'm so curious to know just how home ice, how much home ice will play in this series as far as an impact goes and who might be able to steal a game here and there uh, on, uh, on, you know, away, like, you know, on ice away from their own home. Uh, I look at tonight's matchup specifically. If the Lightning were able to steal one tonight in game one, Man, that's that's scary for the Lightning moving forward in the series. And Tampa Bay is a little bit more. Hey, they they've been uh, competing as of late. Like Colorado had a longer layoff since they swept uh, the Edmonton Oilers in the previous round. They won four nothing. Tampa Bay went six games against the Rangers. I'm not saying that's a that's a huge uh, difference right there, but still. They have that momentum. What do you think? When you're talking rest versus momentum, what would you rather have just as a team right here, Jason? I definitely would go with more momentum because the rest that, you know, you got to warm back up and you got to, you know, get out of that because you got into a slower routine. You, you know, you slow down a little bit. Now you got to gear back up. If you're on momentum, that's it's Hey, keep going, keep going, keep going. Just keep, you know, you don't stop. You're on the track already. You know, now yeah. they have to get on the track to, to, to get them going. And, um, I don't know. Remember, I said I was going to go to that game on Saturday. Yeah. I am not going to that game. Yeah, I, I heard eight hundred dollars for the no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to go to a Rockies game. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> figured, man. I kind of figured. I, I know it was a, it was a bold uh, statement on your end, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't do that. I was either. really looking forward to it. I was like, hey, but no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe like eighty or hundred fifty bucks, maybe, but yeah, eight hundred, yeah, count me out as well. <laughs> um, hey, before we hit our break, I want to talk about the minor caravan. This is happening this weekend at the outlet shops of El Paso. Uh, this is in efforts for UTEP Athletics as they try to uh, just get fans excited about the upcoming athletic season. Uh, fans will get a chance to purchase those. Uh, those uh, opening uh, season game tickets, the 915 football game, it's uh, August 27th. UTEP takes on North Texas for their first game of the year. They can buy Fans can buy tickets at the outlet this weekend for $9.15 as part of their 915 campaign. Um, so um, 
The outlet is also offering free pairs of tickets for the football game on August 27th to VIP members that spend $50 or more on Saturday. So that's that's also the case. It's actually pretty cool right there. Um, and uh, here are some guests who are going to be part of the minor caravan. This is uh, part of like coaches going to meet out and meet fans, administrators meeting fans. So head coach Dana Dimmel will be out there at noon. You're having Ray and Lucas Flores, some local products. Uh, they will be joining fans out there at 1215. Then a music break at 1230. 1245, you'll have UTEP Volleyball head coach Ben Wallace along with his staff uh, they will they will join fans out there uh, then they'll have at 115 UTEP soccer coach Catherine Balligan she'll be heading out there as well 115 to meet fans and then closing things out at the outlets will be uh, UTEP director of athletics Jim Center at 145 just a way for fans to be, uh, be involved and get excited about the upcoming athletic season uh, Jason your thoughts on this you said volleyball yes the volleyball program's kicking off right yeah. This is the first year? Well, yeah, the summer, uh, the beach volleyball. That's I'm ex- right. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that, that's, that's exciting. exciting. Um, no, what they're doing with this caravan is uh, it's probably the coolest thing I've ever heard of. Like to go. Are to you the, involved in this? I'm not involved, but okay. I know about it. So they get, they're going to go around town, and they're going to, uh, you know, like you said, they're going to sell tickets for $9.15. Go get your tickets, man. They're doing everything they can to make the in-game experience so much better and this 915 game, this is the game you have to go to. You have to go to this game because uh, what they got going on, I can't say what I know, okay. but what I do know, it's going to be amazing. And if you're not part of that game specifically, uh, just mail it in for the rest of the season because <laughs> you're going to be so confused on what's going on. That is the most important game just to kick it off, you know, just kick off the season, give you something really to get excited about for UTEP and, uh, you know, the whole UTEP program. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm not going to be at any of the caravans. Because, okay. But uh, I'm lying. I'm probably going to go to one. Yeah. A resounding endorsement from uh, Jason Craig, the UTEP DJ, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Hey, we're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, Jason Williams, former minor, one of our favorites. He'll join us next talking about uh, what's going on this weekend with his basketball camp. Stay with us as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Angel Munoz with the wide spectrum, wide range of music. What do you think about this Daft Punk selection here, Jason? Classics. You like, you like Daft Punk? You're a fan? I, I love Daft Punk. I did a Daft Punk night, uh, I think, last year. and Wait, like a Daft Punk, th- like, like a tribute? Tracks? Yes, that's all I did. It was wow. cool. Wow, where was this at? Uh, it was at EPTX. Okay. It was when they started Shout doing out. those tribute nights, you know? And it was awesome, dude. Like, wow. And then they had like uh, the Daft Punk uh, cosplay guys. They came out like full... Daft Punk, and then they had like a Dead Mouse dude. It was amazing. It that was, is it was so sweet. cool. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Daft Punk. You know, and I'm not like a big electronic dance kind of you know music fan, but you just respect it like yeah. at that level. Like Daft Punk is one of the best. So that's really cool. I I didn't even know you did those theme nights. Are are, there, are those still a thing? Like where you just kind of play all all one music of somebody? They still do them. I don't do them. Okay. I, I when I I do I go like full on. You yeah. know, when they give me a, a task, I'm gonna go 100 percent all in. And, uh, you know, 
Yeah. It, is, it is what it is. No, I totally understand. Hey, uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Sports Talk. You can also check in at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or a free mobile app powered by United Bank. Let's head back to the phone lines right now. Welcome on one of our great friends, Jason Williams, former minor great. Uh, Jason, it's great to talk to you after a while, man. It, it feels like the last time we spoke to you, we were talking UTEP hoops in the middle of their season or close to the end of their year. How's everything going, man? Man, you know, everything's going good. You know, um, just started up training um, facility up in the Northeast and just keeping busy and staying busy, traveling with the AAU team. I'm now coaching. That's all, man, staying in the gym, helping the kids out in the community. You know, Jason, we're lucky to have you in El Paso, and I we're friends, so it's it's kind of you know I, I could say these kinds of things, but we really are because what you provide to El Paso, and not many people know this whatsoever. You you run some of the bit best and biggest you uh, uh, AAU teams here in El Paso. You're traveling these people uh, and and players all across the state of Texas and even across other states to compete in different tournaments. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in uh, just playing? Uh, excuse me, coaching at this, uh, at this level? Uh, it's been real good. You know, um, it's a lot different from when I was young. But, you know, I've been having fun with it. I have a, a great group of kids that I travel with, you know, from all over the city, um, northeast, west side, a bunch of kids from the east side. And, you know, I'm just enjoying the time with the kids and just preparing them. Hopefully every day they can keep getting better as, as players and as men. And as student athletes, you know, that's the goal, you know, for them to one day be professional in something. Why'd you want to do it here in El Paso, Jason? What what about this city um, interests you so much? And why'd you decide to come back here to, to do this kind of coaching? Well, I just felt like, you know, uh, over the years, I just haven't seen a lot of players going to big colleges out of El Paso. And I just felt like the basketball was a little behind. And so I felt like if I could come and bring some of the knowledge I learned over the years, and help out some of the kids, and then, you know, maybe El Paso can have more kids, you know, in the, in the college ranks and, you know, maybe professional ranks one day. Now, let me ask you this. How has the talent, and, and this is so fun because I, I, I've talked to you about this off air. When you were at UTEP, uh, tell, tell us about those pickup games that you would go up and, and actually play in. Uh, nowadays, we don't see college athletes actually like separate from their current workout group or maybe even their current team and actually play in pickup games across the city. But that wasn't the case for you. You, you played against El Paso talent when you were here in El Paso, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, in the summertime, I always tried to get out. I always went to play at Andrews High School. I played some games at Franklin and in Coronado Open Gyms. And, you know, it's always good talent in the city. You know, it's just going to the right steps to, to be seen. You know, kids have to get out of the city to play and not just playing in the city. So it's a lot of talent here. It's just, you know, kids just have to train and, and just be on the right team that's traveling to, to be seen. We got Jason Williams joining us on the show, former minor legend who is uh, joining us here as we continue here on Sports Talk today. Jason, uh, how has the talent improved or has it stayed the same? What What's the talent level like right now among high school basketball players here in this city? Um, well, you know, I think they have a lot of up-and-coming talent, you know, that's coming up. You know, so the next couple years and years to come, you know, El Paso basketball should, should start getting on the map, you know, uh, it's a lot of young players out in the city that's just not in high school, middle schools. Um, they have a lot of freshmen and sophomores that's pretty good in school right now. So, you know, hopefully in two years they can all develop to be 
you know, good basketball players, and, and we'll see from there. Now, uh, we're bringing you on today to talk about what's going on this weekend at the Sun City Sports Lab, which you alluded to earlier, as part of your organization, which is Believe Sports. Uh, it's a 501c nonprofit foundation that you started in this city. Uh, you are putting together a Father's Day basketball camp that is this Saturday, June 18th. I love this for so many reasons because the father, the guardian, uh, whomever it is, they can have a skill challenge and then compete in a two on two tournament against other father-son duos. So it's not just about involving the child in this uh, in this camp that's happening this Saturday, but the dad gets to participate as well. How cool is this, Jason? Yeah, I just thought it would be a good idea, you know, for father and son to have a day of, of playing basketball and, and having fun. You know, I didn't think they had a, a lot of people doing something like this. So I just figured, you know, why not, you know, have the father and son play together do some skill challenges and then play two on two. You know, some dads still talk like they still have it. So, you know, it's <laughs> a good time for them to come and show their son that they still can play basketball. Is uh, is there an age limit on this? Uh, is there a uh, cutoff well, line? starting at eight and up, eight to 16 years old. I'm talking about the father. Is there an age limit oh, no, on the father's no, side? No if you can still run and your back and your knees good, come on out and have some fun with us. Okay, so tell us a little bit about how it's going to be separated by age divisions. Okay, well, well, according to how many people sign up, of course, so we hope it to be able to separate into about maybe two or three divisions once we get to the, the two-on-two. But, uh, and then we're going to play the two-on-two, and then we're going to give two winners gift cards to Rue Chris. Wow, okay. So the winners will get a uh, they will receive a Ruth Chris gift card uh, as part of this two on two tournament, and it's based yeah. on age division. So let's say like yeah. you know I let's say I had a kid who's like eight years old, so I'm in the eight year old division along with other men and uh, and their sons, correct? Yes, yes. So basically, we'll try to have it like to where if it's with the age limit, how we work in New Orleans, it'll be eight, nine, and ten, something like that, and then eleven, twelve, and thirteen ages. You know, so it would be three age groups as one division. You alluded to this right now. Have you have you done an event like this before? No, no, I haven't done an event like this with, uh, with the Father's Day camp. But, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be real fun. Okay, tell us a little bit about how to sign up for this tournament. Uh, well, you can sign up for this tournament. You can just go on Sun, at Sun City Sports Lab on Instagram, or you can just simply give a call to 915 518 Perfect. That's a that's a great way for people to get involved. Now, uh, how competitive can this get on uh, on Saturday when this is all done? I, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about you. Like, if if you were in this tournament and if you had somebody who you you were joining, you'd you'd go all out on this one, Jason, right here. Oh yes, you know, and, and that's the thing about it. You know, if they have any kids out there that that father that's not around for for any reason and they want to participate, we do have men in the community that, that, that would come in and be their father for the day. So that that's a good thing that we're having also, you know, if that for whatever reason that the kid father's not around, we do have people to step in to be the father for the day so they can have fun also. Okay, that's great to know as well. So, uh, the, you know, for moms listening out there or for single parents out there who probably yeah. need one other uh, person to uh, uh, to maybe play with their, their, their kid, uh, that could be a perfect way for them to get involved. Now, let me ask you this, Jason. Is this co-ed? Can, uh, can boys and girls participate? 
Yes. Uh, well, actually, it it can be boys and girls, but you know, it'll be mainly fathers playing, though. Correct. Okay. So, boys or girls, ages eight to sixteen, they'll be accompanied yes, by a, a father or a guardian or somebody that you all choose as far as maybe like fill in. So that sounds great. And and tell us a little bit about the Sun City Sports Lab. You you talked about it earlier, uh, a gym out in Northeast El Paso. What's going on over there? Oh, well, you know, we have a lot of uh, group training. We have uh, player development. Um, you know, we have uh, Dr. Dish shooting machines, Vertimax. Uh, it's just a lot of basketball skill development for all sports. Um, sports performance is going to be coming soon for all sports. And it's just a, a, good, a great family atmosphere where your kid can come. You can drop them off and they get their workout and, and, and you come back and pick them up. You know, it's, it's a real great atmosphere. Jason, I can't thank you enough for all the time today. I really appreciate things. Uh, let me ask you this before we let you go. I always ask you a UTEP basketball question. Uh, UTEP basketball reworked their roster, and all the guys that we had uh, that we saw from last year, they ended up pretty much leaving. I mean, they only have they only retained three guys on their current roster. Uh, what do you think about how this uh, off season went for this UTEP basketball team? Oh, I think it went pretty good. You know, um, you know, coach. I, I believe in coach. You know, he's a great person. You know, and he's a good coach. So, you know, um, I know whatever players he went out and got, I know all those players are going to be dedicated to coaching. And it's going to be a great season, you know. I just want the city to know, you know, just be patient. You know, a lot of stuff going on with college basketball. You know, you're not keeping the same players for years upon. So, you know, hopefully this group can come in and make some noise like the team did last year late. Again, one more time, Sun City Sports Lab along with Believe Sports. That's uh, Jason Williams Foundation. It's a Father's Day basketball camp coming this Saturday, June 18th. Ages 8 to 16-year-olds are welcome. And then the father, the guardian, or if if you don't have a a person like that in your life, uh, Jason and uh, Sun City Sports Lab along with Believe Sports will hook you up. It's a skills challenge that will take place, and then they will compete in a two-on-two tournament in order to register. All you have to do is call 915-500-1804 for more information on how to sign up for the father and son duo, and it's the Father's Day basketball camp. Hey, Jason, best of luck for you in this camp. Uh, Thank you so much for all the time today, and we'll get a chance to talk to you soon, all right? All right, thank you. All right, that's Jason Williams, former minor uh, UTEP legend, joining us on our phone lines as we wrap up this segment. Coming up next, we'll get a chance to talk to Tracy Taylor. They're going to talk about uh, the Bragan Slugger Award that was just uh, awarded today to El Pasoan Ivan Melendez. Uh, he is the uh, Texas baseball standout. We'll have that conversation and much more coming up next right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Final segment here of hour number two on Sports Talk coming up. Chihuahuas baseball coming up here on this show. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter is where you can check us out. Also, 600 ESPN El Paso.com, where we've got some local content up on our website right now as we continue. Uh, coming up next, Tracy Taylor, executive director of the Bobby Bragan Youth Foundation and the Bobby Bragan Collegiate Slugger Award. Uh, as we know today, the award was uh, given to Ivan Melendez, the Texas baseball stand out the Coronado High School graduate, uh, and he was he was named uh, the best Collegiate Slugger Award winner as of today. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us here on Sports Talk today. How's everything going? Uh, it's going really well. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about this award and what it really means uh, as far as what you all do with the Youth Foundation? Right. The 
the Bobby Bregan Youth Foundation, uh, obviously founded by Bobby Bregan. And for those of, uh, who don't know who Bobby Bregan was, uh, he spent about six decades in professional baseball as a player, a manager, a coach, and a front office executive. Uh, he had a quite a colorful career. He was actually on the 47 Dodgers when Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, um, was one of Jackie's best friends, and, uh, you know, just had a kind of a magical career that ended up in Fort Worth where he started his foundation. And what we do is we give college scholarships to Dallas-Fort Worth public school students uh, every year. Uh, our point of difference is that we give those scholarships to students when they're in the eighth grade. Um, and so what Bobby's vision was, uh, was that if you give uh, a student uh, significant money for college at that critical point in their uh, education career, right before they start high school, they're more likely to stay in school, work hard, and, uh, you know, plan for college at that point. And to date, we have had uh, given out over $2 million uh, in scholarships with uh, about almost 1,000 kids, and 98% of those kids over 30 years have not only graduated from high school, but have gone on to college. And from that standpoint, we have a very focus on uh, a college and baseball roots. And we have, uh, five years ago, started a uh, college baseball award, which focuses on the best hitter in college baseball, um, but also has a, uh, an academic component to it and a personal integrity and community service component to it. And uh, couldn't have a better uh, winner in our uh, really, truly our second year of being a national award than Ivan Melendez. Now let's talk a little bit about Melendez. He, uh, the Coronado High School graduate, the junior uh, at Texas from El Paso. He has a 396 batting average. He has 32 home runs and maybe one of the most uh, productive offensive players, maybe not just uh, this season in college baseball, but maybe throughout program history with the Texas Longhorns. And that's saying something, right, Tracy? Just knowing what kind of an impact that Ivan has made on this, uh, on this team. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, in just in the, the history of our award, you know, we've had a player from Texas nominated uh, every year. We had Cody Clemens nominated uh, a couple of years ago from Texas. But uh, when you look at the, the numbers, um, it just jumps off the page at you. Uh, I think, you know, you look at the home runs uh, leading the nation, you look at RBIs leading the nation, um, but you know, we, at the, in the, uh, award, we look at some really advanced stats and, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things that jumps out to me is you've got a guy that hits for power like Ivan does and just consistent all year long, but he also, uh, draws more work walks than he strikes out. Uh, and so from that standpoint, you're looking at a guy, not only that has discipline at the plate, but doesn't strike out, you know, like your your normal uh, your normal power hitter, and that's what I think really sets him apart as a hitter this year. And I mean, I this is probably the uh, you know the best 
offensive season we've seen uh, you know, in, in, a, in a really long time. No, I totally agree with you on that. And with Ivan Melendez, it, it's also it also starts back from last summer, right? Because he was selected in the 16th round to the Miami Marlins, and he could have easily jumped over there and tried to make his way through the uh, minor league ranks to try to you know eventually make a major league roster. However, he bets on himself. He decides to stay another year in Texas, and look at him—he's reaping the benefits of this. I mean, he could go as high as a top five, uh, top five round draft pick when it's all said and done for Ivan. Melendez and his decision to bet on himself. Absolutely. I mean, and I felt, you know, feel like uh, he was on the cusp of being on the watch list last year. Um, it was almost a, a mid-season addition last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was on from the very start this year. We, we basically got the opportunity to watch every at-bat that uh, uh, he had and, and, and follow him all through the year. Um, you know, it's, it's a great testament for a kid to, you know, to stay in school and, as you said, bet on himself. But you also, you know, in 2021, you know, when we look at the stuff that we look at, you know, this is a kid that was also on the spring and fall of 2021 was on the Big 12 uh, commissioner's honor roll with, uh, for his grade point average. And so, you know, just a, a kid not only with baseball statistics, betting on himself and improving his his draft position, but, you know, a kid that didn't lose focus on the academic side and is being honored for that as well. For Ivan and for the Texas Longhorns, all eyes are on Omaha and what what's to come in the College World Series. However, when, when it's all said and done, Ivan has a chance to be one of the most decorated uh, players that to come out of ba- uh, Texas baseball. I mean, he's still up for the Golden Spikes Award, uh, which is, uh, you know, he he's a finalist for that award as well. But it seems like every day we hear about a new award that Ivan Melendez is, uh, is gaining for his on-field uh, and off-the-field uh, contributions. Yeah, I, I believe, <laughs> you know, we are, we're one of, you know, of many uh, college baseball awards that focus on different things. Um, we're the, the one that, that uh, primarily focuses on performance at the plate. And, you know, we had, we had three finalists that, uh, you know, two other ones uh, in addition to Ivan that had just tremendous years uh, at the plate. Um, and, you know, the, this year, um, you know, there was, a, there was a great list that we had to choose from. I just believe that, uh, you know, putting together a, a season like that, he certainly deserves all the accolades he gets. And as you said, from day to day, uh, you know, we hear about something else he's getting. And uh, today he received the, the Bobby Bragan Collegiate Slugger Award. It's gone to, you know, players such as Josh Young, um, you know, that was uh, a Texas Tech player and now was the uh, eighth overall pick for the Rangers. Um, Connor Norby out of East Carolina last year, uh, who, uh, you know, hit over 400 and was uh, picked right at the top of the second round by Baltimore. So, um, you know, our selection committee does a great job in, in finding the guys and picking them, and they, they certainly did an outstanding job this year in identifying Ivan at the start of the season, um, and in partnership with uh, uh, with Coach Pierce and the program to to identify a, a, a candidate and be able to follow him and, and just watch in amazement at what he was able to put together this year. 
Uh, Tracy, I also have a question of Sal here alongside Adrian. And um, uh, just kind of looking at the winners, uh, you, you rolled off a great list of names and guys who uh, uh, basically all of them have uh, have reached the um, the pros at some point. And your initial winner with Hunter Hardgrove representing Manfield's, uh, Mansfield rather and uh, Texas Tech. Um, but being that uh, this award is starting to get more more acknowledgement, uh, what would the plans be once you kind of start to become, uh, I don't want to say more prestigious because you definitely hold some weight, but uh, what are the plans, let's say, after maybe your sixth or seventh winner? Do you have any future goals with um, with the Collegiate Slugger Award? You know, our, our, the, the key thing for us is, you know, we want to be acknowledged as, um, you know, the, the award that focuses in um, on performance at the plate. You know, there's there's the Golden Spikes Award is an overall award. There's Pitchers Awards. There's, um, you know, some Silver Slugger Awards. But an award that focuses in on the the, the performance at the plate. Um, but also we want to be known because when, it all, you know, when everything is said and done, we are an organization that fosters higher education. And the Youth Foundation really... Uh, feel strongly that that is a uh, a huge part of our heritage, um, and when we uh, have our eighth graders fill out a application for our scholarships, it has an academic side, it has a community service side, and it has a extracurricular activity, and so we're actually kind of bringing those same principles to the Bobby Bragan Collegiate Slugger Award, where it's not only a baseball uh, award, but it also focuses in on the student-athlete and then what type of person that uh, that student-athlete is. And I think ultimately, uh, you know, we would uh, love to be acknowledged at, at the uh, award that not only identifies the best player, but the uh, one of the best young men. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, Devlin Granberg, who uh, won in 2018, um, was named not only the uh, unacademic All-American for D1 baseball, but the academic All-American for baseball. Uh, Devlin hit about 420 his senior year, graduated, and uh, never made a B in college. Graduated with a 4.0 grade point average, and a great kid plays in the Boston organization, and still comes to a lot of our events. So, you know, those kind of guys, those character guys are the ones that we want to be, that we identify and look for, and that's what we want to be known for. Tracy Taylor, Executive Director of the Bobby Bragan Youth Foundation and the Bobby Bragan Collegiate Slugger Award, joining us here on Sports Talk. Tracy, thank you so much for all the great time that you spent with us today talking about Ivan Melendez winning this award, and uh, we'll be sure to keep tabs on uh, the Bragan Collegiate Slugger Award for years to come. Well, you can follow us at com and on Facebook and, and the other social media uh, platforms, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention our wonderful sponsor, SR Bats, and uh, appreciate those guys and all the work they do for us. Appreciate you, Tracy. Thanks again for all the time. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, from Tracy Taylor over to David Moore. He's the newest inductee of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. That's coming up next, along with Chihuahuas Baseball right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right. Welcome back. It's the final segment here on Sports Talk. 30 minutes 
From now, we'll get you out to Southwest University Park. El Paso Chihuahuas going up against the Las Vegas Aviators. But before we do that, let's jump back out to the phone lines. Welcome on one of the newest inductees for the 2022 uh, El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame class. And uh, his name is David Moore, Coach David Moore, who coached at Clint High School for 25 years from 1977 to 2002. And he joins us here on the phone lines. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Congratulations on the exceptional honor to be named into this uh, El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it is. It's kind of special. Yes, it is. Of course, and uh, let, let's let's go all the way back to your your young days. I, I kind of want to start off the interview like this. Your dad was a head basketball coach at Isleta High School. Is that where you really found your love for this sport? Well, you know, kind of a deal where, you know, I grew up. I mean, my dad coached before he came to El Paso. He coached at Laredo Junior College. And then we moved to El Paso about, uh, I guess it was uh, 1954, summer of 54, and that's when he began coaching at Soda High. And I was just came, always, you know, like a gym rat, like most uh, kids that, uh, that, that their dad might be a coach like that. I just kind of hung around the gym and saw the practices and, and traveled with them on the bus a few times and such. And, I just kind of grew from there, but, you know, it's like anything else. Most kids my age were, you know, once we got to where we were playing sports, we'd play football, then basketball, then run track for the schools, and then uh, play baseball in the summertime. So, yeah, it just kind of grew and grew. No, no doubt. And and how did you first really get into coaching? Because I'm sure that, uh, you know, breaking through as, as a coach, especially in this area, I'm sure that it comes with its challenges, uh, yeah, it, it was a deal where, you know, I attended Charleston State University initially at first, and I, I transferred out of there and ended up at Western New Mexico in Silver City. And, uh, you know, just playing uh, basketball up there, and, and I also got a chance to play baseball my last year. But I, I hung around and stayed on as a GA in basketball for Coach uh, Dragmeister. And then, uh, you know, it's just – you know, like, like I, I've, I've told people before, it just kind of got in my blood and stuff like that. It just seemed like that was the thing I wanted to do was coach. So then you end up at uh, Clint High School, and uh, you start there in 1977. How did you start out uh, first at Clint High School? What what, uh, what, what about that job really uh, attracted you to go over there? Uh, well, I, a friend of mine uh, basically uh, uh, had a chance to get in, and he said that he was probably be moving into administration so that's the, he told the incoming superintendent who was mr julian shaddix that he knew of someone that was interested in coaching and be a, a, a possibly a good position like that and so they got hold of me and i went down for an interview uh with them uh, that that particular spring and such and I just got fortunate got hired what was so, what was the the community of clint like back in 1977 Oh, it, it was small. It's much. It was much smaller than it is right now. And uh, you know, like the, the the school district itself, it covers quite a few square miles. And initially, back then, you just had Clint High School, uh, you had the junior high, and you had the elementary school. So there were no other schools in the Clint district. And we actually had a couple of kids that lived out off of Montana that would have to travel almost, you know, thirty miles just to get to, to school because at that time. You know, the interstate wasn't opened up. There wasn't a road going across, like one out the mountain view from Horizon. So it was, uh, it was pretty, you know, it was just small. It was a small place. Uh, I, I want to say it was just a, a handful of kids graduated from school at that time. 
and even the junior high was still uh, at for a short period of time they were up in the high school. Wow, so, that, that's real interesting. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. and when you were at Clint, you you did multiple sports besides just uh, basketball, correct? You you even dabbled into golf. You you did a little bit of, of football in in the JV ranks, and uh, you you did a yeah. lot of different sports. Yes, yeah, it was funny deals. I, I tell people that when I came down for the interview, they said, "Okay, we're going to hire you as a boys varsity basketball coach, and we want you to help us out in football until we can get you out." And then, by the way, uh, we, we want you to take the golf team. You're going to take the golf <laughs> team too. And I said, "Well, all right, okay." So uh, yeah, first few years it was I, I go start off with two a days in, in August and. And I worked with the JV team and coached them. And then, of course, on Friday nights, I was with the varsity team and had uh, anywhere from being the receivers coach to defensive back coach. And then I go from there to basketball, and then from basketball to golf. So it was it was pretty busy, you know. But it was it was uh, it was quite unique. It was a lot of fun. Now, how do you have success in, in a community like Clint? I, I'm so curious because you you venture through 25 years of coaching a varsity basketball, and you reach uh, you know some really, really big uh, accomplishments with the Clint Lions and what you were able to do. I mean, I, I look at 1992, how you made the Class 3A State Final Four. How, how did you build success in that community knowing uh, you, know, you might not have as many kids to pull from like some of these other schools across El Paso? Well, you have, like anything else, you have, you have multiple sport athletes. And we had the first year I started off, uh, I mean, uh, there was one kid coming back from the previous year. So it was a whole new group of kids coming in. And they, every single one of them, pretty much every single one of them played football. I, there wasn't any at all that were just straight basketball at that time. And in fact, for quite a few years, you know, that was the way it was. And so it was uh, one thing that I, I felt like we needed to do was keep things really simple so that year, year in, year out, when they came in, they knew what we were going to do. And we just kind of started building upon things. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the Clint School District, the Clint High School had been successful before in basketball, but it was kind of a deal. It came in spurts. You know, uh, they'd win district a couple years, and then there would be three or four years or five years, and then all of a sudden another group would come through and, and so what we felt like doing is that we had a group come through like that, but we had some young kids with them. And he said, you know, we don't have to stop right now. We can continue to go. And I think also is that we, there were quite a few kids that were, you know, had brothers and stuff like that. And, and of course, there were cousins. And there were the other kids. And, and they loved it. They, they enjoyed playing basketball. And then, of course, from there, they would go out in the springtime and, and do sports and such. And we just kind of kept things moving in that direction and kept it real easy for them to, to – feel that success and kind of just built on that. We've got David Moore joining us on the phone lines, one of the newest coach administrators who is being, who's being inducted into the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. The banquet happening next week, actually a week from tonight, uh, to be uh, you know to be a little bit more clear on that. Uh, coach Moore coached at uh, Clint High School for the uh, for 25 years, from 1977 to 2002, specifically on that 1992 run. And I'm sure you're asked about this all the time, but at, at regionals, when you go up against Canyon who at the time they were ranked second in all the state of Texas. When you got past them, did you guys kind of feel like you could get past anyone? And did that kind of give you the confidence moving forward that you could really accomplish a lot in that season? Well, you know, it's that it was kind of a deal where, you know, the, the kids we played against, we played up 
that year. We we played Silver City, New Mexico, which was a little bit larger than us. Uh, we had played Montwood a couple of times and played Jefferson and, and uh, Bowie. So we played up on our schedules like that. And, and the kids had, you know, had quite a few of them had played in town and such, uh, in a lot of pickup games and such. And so they were used to playing against kids that were a little, you know, as far as a little quicker in some ways and such that way there. And they just, they, it was just, it was amazing how confident they were about, you know, how they handled things. And, uh, you know, we, you know, with Canyon, we kind of just kind of hung around in the game towards the end. And then they kind of turned, we turned it on a little bit and, and they, they turned it over and here we were waiting on it and, and uh, got past them. And of course, damn it, the next round, they, they were uh, ranked third and they loved the press. And that was exactly what our kids wanted to see was a press. And uh, so we were able to kind of build a little bit on that. But it was just kind of a combination of a, a few kids that we had coming back and then a couple of new kids coming in that really gelled together. And, and they, they just got along together. I mean, it was a great group. You you look at that game that you had in the in the final four. Uh, you lose to the eventual state champs in Stafford by just six points in that. Uh, but but you kind of just think about that. Your your kids are from Clint High School. They're they're from the Clint community, and they get a chance to compete on the largest stage of them all out at the Frank Irwin Center. What was that like? Just kind of seeing your your players get this opportunity, uh, knowing that the you you all went on this journey kind of through trials and tribulations. What was that all like? When when did you ever bask in a moment and just think, wow, this is pretty special that we're here right now in this in the state uh, final four? Uh, I think we probably bask in the in, in the atmosphere and so forth probably afterwards. It oh, was okay. so hectic. Uh, it was a deal. We we played regionals in, in Lubbock. We got we had we were on a charter bus, and so we played Friday and Saturday. We came home late uh, Saturday evening and stuff like that. And then we here we were, you know, hurry up and, and send information in down there. And so we had practice Monday, Tuesday, and we're leaving Wednesday. And we're, we're riding a bus down Wednesday because we played that first session on Thursday morning. So I don't think we had a whole lot of uh, chance to think about it. Now, once we got into the Irwin Center and we kind of looked around, uh, I think that kind of said in a little bit, hey, this is a big stage here. You know, the kids always give me a hard time. They said because I wore a suit. You know, they said <laughs> I dressed up for it a little bit. <laughs> I brought some bad karma maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, but uh, it was it was a unique situation in, in – uh, and I, you know, we look back over it and such, and, and I think Stafford, the coach from Stafford, said it all. They were there the year before, and they kind of it, it, it kind of caught up with them as, as far as where they were, and it, and it affected their play a little bit. And then they were in a little bit better shape next year. And uh, I, I know for a fact that our kids look back and, and just think if we just shot just a little bit better, because that was one of our worst shooting performances that that particular day there. Uh, even though we came back and stuff, but, but uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was, and I think afterwards it kind of sink in exactly what we had accomplished and stuff like that. We were just kind of looking, hey, let's go play, you know. Of course. Hey, we had a, a listener chime in on this discussion right now. Gerald Hitter on Twitter t- uh, sends us a message. Coach Moore is a class individual. I played against his Clint teams in the early 80s as a Fabian yeah. High School ball player. He's a great competitor, packed gyms, and well-respected from players. Congratulations, Coach. Uh, that's coming from Gerald Hitter right there, uh, Coach Moore. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Ger- I've run into Gerald every once in a while. We we visit a little bit. They they have some good good little team there at Fabens and such, and we had some good games with them. You know, I, we really enjoyed playing against them. Gerald's a great guy. You know. Of course, so, he's really one of our favorites. That. Hey, uh, on June twenty second, you'll be inducted into the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame along with the whole class of twenty twenty two. What does this mean to to you to be recognized at this level? Uh, it's uh, it, it's just a great honor. Uh, you know, I I can remember going into the Haskins Center, and of course, uh, I, I worked some of Coach Haskins' basketball camps out there and such. And you kind of walk around, the, you know the the area and like that and see all the names and see, see the pictures and such. And I, you know, of course I recognized a lot of them. I, you know, I'd, I'd seen them play in, in high school, uh, you know, with my, my dad coaching and such. And, and of course some of the other ones that were there and she just to be a part of that is, is quite unique. And, and, uh, you know, it's just something I, we're, we're definitely, we're going to cherish. And, and, uh, I, I, it's great. I it's just a great feeling. And, 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 uh, I think another thing there is that for, uh, for Clint, it's it's a big thing for Clint too as well, uh, and that's what it's all about. I mean, it's it's it. I'm sure uh, this honor is great, and and, and I think that the people of Clint are really happy about it too. Coach, as as we kind of wind things down on this conversation, and I really appreciate all your time today. I thought it was great insight on on all of this, all the me- reflecting back on all the memories. When you just reflect on the legacy that you left off at Clint, how how would you like to be remembered? Uh, you know, you're being honored next week in the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Well, how would you like to be remembered by this community? You know, I think the big thing is is uh, is the family atmosphere. I mean, it's, it's, I still see a lot of the kids and stuff around and. And of course, uh, uh, that and, and run into them. And, uh, I think the biggest thing is, is what we worked on getting accomplished here. It, was, it wasn't just a matter of, of playing basketball and, and, and golf and such. It was how we handled ourselves and things. And I think that's the biggest part. I think one of the big compliments we had one time was a, uh, a incoming team that came in from out of town and such. And the, and the coach, caught me in the hallway and told us that, you know, not only guys, you can play basketball like that, but you guys know how to handle yourself and such. And I think that was the big thing. The kids did such a great job of, of handling themselves on the floor through adversity or anything else. I think that's the biggest thing is, is how they'll remember us as far as how we did things. Coach, so, I, I can't. I think do it right. no, most definitely, and and I can't thank you enough for all the time that you gave us today. Congratulations again on the uh, amazing, thank amazing you. award, and uh, we'll be sure to to see you next week at the banquet. Yes, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's uh, head coach David Moore of uh, Clint High School from 1977 to 2002. He'll be uh, one of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame class of 2022 inductees for next week's banquet. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, wrap things up with Tim Haggerty ahead of Chihuahuas baseball right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, final few minutes as we round up and finish up this show here. Busy Wednesday edition of Sports Talk. Let's jump out to Southwest University Park and welcome on Tim Haggerty, voice of the El Paso Chihuahuas. And uh, Tim, we start today with uh, the news that it is official. Ryan Weathers, he's on the bump right now for the Padres. We'll see what he could do against the Cubs. San Diego with an early 2-0 lead going into the bottom of the first. I'm I'm so curious to see how Ryan Weathers' uh, you know, first start here with the, the Padres will be. Yeah, I'm very curious about that as well. Uh, he has not had a great season with the Chihuahuas. His 2021 was better than his 2022. 
which, as you guys know, that's unusual for a 22-year-old. Typically, they're still at an age where they're getting better and better. So, uh, you know, the Padres obviously still have faith in him. They're a contending team this year, and they're tossing him right in there to a midsummer series. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's been examples of that the past couple of years. The most obvious one, Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie had a rough season in 2021, and now he's been one of the best rookies in the major leagues one year later. So uh, I think sometimes when somebody's so young, like Ryan Weathers, has a shaky couple of months, we can never make a mistake of thinking that they're done. They could be even better than they ever have been a year later. Now, Tim, last night was my first trip out to Southwest University Park this year. Uh, the Chihuahuas, you know, throughout the game, I was like, wow, they're really dominating. 8-1 to one going into the 8th. Uh, you had guys like C.J. Abrams balling out yesterday. And then uh, they're up 10-4, and then the Vegas Aviators come back. And uh, maybe, you know, they all, they nearly take that game. But it, El Paso is able to squeeze past it 10-9. to nine. How, how close was this one as it was a bullpen game for, for the Chihuahuas? Yeah, the Chihuahuas are having a, a great season, a great homestand, a great couple of weeks. Uh, but the fact is, the past two games, El Paso has had 8-1 leads. In one of those games, they lost the game Sunday. Uh, in the other, they won by just one run. So uh, the good news is they're scoring a lot of runs. But at least the past two games, um, you're right, those big leads have not proven to be safe. So I think what's happening right now is there have been a lot of bullpen days because of the Padres pitching situation because of a Chihuahua's uh, COVID protocol situation that luckily is resolved now. Likewise for San Diego. San Diego has a couple of players on the COVID list right now. Uh, There's a lot of bullpen days. I don't know if that's wearing on the the pitching staff or if this is just a couple of off outings. Um, The good news is in AAA baseball now there's a day off every week which as you guys probably remember that was not the case. There was uh, many years with the Chihuahuas where they'd have um, a day or two off per month Um, and I think that helps save some innings so I think in time there will be a more traditional starting rotation than the frequency of the bullpen days right now Uh, Jesse Schultons will get back to where he was throwing five or six innings at a time Jesse was somebody who was part of the COVID protocol so that's why he's working his way back after a few weeks away and uh, tonight Pedro Avila has been a reliever recently but he also was a starter earlier for the Chihuahuas so Uh, Hopefully a more steady game tonight. Hey, Tim, have a great call tonight. We'll talk to you in less than three minutes. Thanks again for the time. Okay, thanks, Adrian. All right, from Angel Munoz, Jason Craig, Sal Montes, Adrian Bradis here closing out Sports Talk. We'll bring you some Chihuahuas baseball right here next on 600 ESPN El Paso.